Where's Megan? Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the king of horror, Andy G. Welcoming you to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Demonic Dean film pick of the week. From 2011, Megan is Missing, directed by Michael Goyd. So we're going to be talking about that a little later on in the show and see how we feel about the dangers of the Internet. But of course, I am joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Golgi Keith. Ah. You know, you're such a ho. H O ho 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 ho. King. Don't be a bitch. What's going on, everybody? What's up, bitches? <laughs> yes, love. Woo! You're such a bitch. I saw you go down to that guy at that party. That's fucked up. Oh, oh, oh my god. Oh. So good. You were totally you're in such control. A it's good that you've been sexually active since you were nine. Because otherwise, it'd be ew. That's like gross. (laughs) So gross. Like, I was blowing guys at 10, all right? I've experienced. I've seen shit. I I know my shit, all right? Totally. I I know what I like, and I like sucking dick, all right? It's fun. It's a good activity. It's a lot of protein, all right? Stop being a bitch. Well, everybody. Don't judge me. Pride. It's Pride Month, and obviously, come <laughs> out. Hey, I love Pride Month. I love all my daddy bears. I'm one of you guys. Go to the club, take my shirt up. What's up, boys? The king's in town. Yes. <laughs> That's right, boys. Daddy's been gone a long time, but he's back. <laughs> the bitch is back, boys. <laughs> Close thanks, everybody. <laughs> and as you can tell, we are joined by the psychotic Simeon himself, the Prince of Morse Day. Yes, get fucking with the mad monkey. Oh, yeah, King. Tonight we are going to be talking some stranger danger, baby. And it don't get much stranger than your favorite hall podcasters, the Talking Terror crew. <laughs> the crew that's always coming in your ears live every Wednesday night from 9 to 11 p.m. But if you miss us, don't you fret that little shrunken head of yours. Since we love our fans, all of our episodes are always available for free on both iTunes, and Spotify. But if this show don't pay for itself, right, fans? Oh, no, because our asses is Paul. So feel free to visit the Talking Terror Instagram page where you, yes, you, and you too over there can help contribute to your favorite hall podcast in all of the land. That is Talking Terror, baby. What is up, my fat family? Go six bitches. Go six time. Pride month. Fucking love it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, 
So we we will be joined by the demonic dean eventually. He said he's going to run a little bit late. So he said, hey, talk about wrestling or some shit. I'll be late. So I am going to talk about wrestling, as we do every now and then on the show, because a big thing happened on SmackDown on Friday night, the bloodline no more, because Jay officially turned on Roman Reigns. So... Roman Reigns got double-kicked in the face by Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso, effectively ending the oh. bloodline chapter of the Usos. Oh? So, yes, Jimmy came out and Jay came out, and they were trying to decide if Jay was going to stay with Roman and Solo and Paul. So he told Jimmy, I'm out. Guess what? You are too. And bang, fucking kicked him in the face, leaving Roman laying oh. in the middle of the ring after a double super kick. So at Money in the Bank <laughs> next Saturday – there's going to be a bloodline civil war with Roman and Solo versus Jimmy and Jay Uso. So bloodline gone, civil war, it's on. So next Saturday, 3 p.m. start time for Money in the Bank. I'm probably going to miss some of it because I'm going to see Indiana Jones on that day with my dad. So I might miss a little bit of it, but I will be there to watch the rest. So very excited to see how the civil war angle of the story goes. Well, the cool thing about being a Peacock subscriber is that we can actually, like, just go ahead and watch it whenever we want. That's the awesome thing about Peacock and the WWE pay-per-views that are on there. So we have that option because, mm-hmm. you know, like you, I'm not going to be able to uh, catch this live either just because I have crap i got to take care of. But still, though, damn, this sounds cool as shit that they're finally doing some shit to break up the fucking bloodline because, god damn, for how many years we've been talking about how fucking stale this fucking shit has gotten, man. <laughs> yep. And finally, they're bringing the heat, you know, with Jimmy and Jay being against Roman, Solo, and Paul. So, very cool to see it. Like that, I think that got the biggest pop of the night when they super kicked Roman together. And I was like, yep, that's it. Bloodline, Roman's <laughs> empire is crumbling. It's amazing. Um, so, moving on from that, um, I did want to thank the ghoul for a recommendation he gave me the other day. Uh, I'm not a fan of, uh, you know, teen coming-of-age movies, um, but because we saw The Flash, uh, Ezra Miller, I thought, was great in The Flash, and then he said, well, you know, what about Perks of a Wallflower? And I was like, never heard of that, uh, never seen it. I, I've heard of it, but I never saw it. So on his recommendation, I watched it free on YouTube, and man, that fucking movie was good. Way better than I could have thought that it would have been. Every performance was great, and fucking Tom Savini shows up as a shop teacher. Uh, shop teacher. What? What? <laughs> like this fucking? <laughs> yeah. Goddamn. Uh, he just shows up as a shop teacher. He's like, "Hey guys," I'm like, "Oh my god, Tom Savini." <laughs> so, and then Paul Rudd shows up as a teacher. Like, I was like, "This movie is too fucking good." It has the Smiths on the soundtrack. It has Cracker. Uh, so many great fucking songs. Um, all about mixtapes and shit like that. May Whitman showed up, and if you've seen Scott Pilgrim, that was one of the ex-girlfriends of Ramona Flowers. So, again, thank you, Ghoul, for that recommendation because that fucking movie got me in so many ways. Oh, absolutely, man. Like I said, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's a coming-of-age movie. Like, listen, we grew up, you know, growing up in the 90s. You know, we saw plenty mm-hmm. of coming-of-age films that took place in the 70s and, you know, even yeah. the 80s yeah. to a degree. And, you know, were there plenty of movies that when we were kids, had movies, you know, had kids in them during the 90s. Yeah, of course. And those yeah. coming-of-age movies, yeah, yeah, of course they were. But it's different when you look at it from the perspective of being 20 years later and looking back on mm-hmm. those years, you know. And that's kind of how I guess the people felt watching Dazed and Confused 
in the 90s looking right. at their own teen years. So in a way, like person being a wallflower kind of kind of like work in that regards for our generation, you know, being a 77 kid, you know, like, like for me, my formulative years were like 1990 to like 1995, 96, um, you know, very much like late 80s, but, but really it was the early 90s that, that had those, those really strong ties and those really strong, uh, strong effects that have lasted the entirety of my life. Um, so, so that's why, for me, that movie kind of really hit home. So, yeah, I had a feeling that, that you would enjoy it. And then, yeah, the soundtrack is fantastic. Uh, you know, and then the cast is great. And, and then, like you said, you know, we had seen, seen The Flash, and uh, absolutely, one plus one equals two. Yeah, and, and the movie used David Bowie's heroes in such a fucking great way. And I even told you that through text. I was like, that is one of my favorite all-time Bowie songs. And for them to use it in the way that they did it feels that way, like liberating, you know, to go through that tunnel in the pickup truck and just raise up your hands and be so excited to be alive while that song is blaring. I was like, that did they, couldn't imagine. Did they use song. it better than horns? <laughs> yes, much better than horns. <laughs> I will say that. Yeah, much better than horns because it's, yeah. So, and yeah, a couple of Morrissey and Smith's deep uh, cuts uh, asleep and then Morrissey's uh, uh, docked, but uh, seasick but still docked. Uh, so that was really cool. But, uh, yeah, spoiler-free, by the way, Ghoul, what did you think about The Flash? You know, I, uh, I feel bad because, you know, finally so we got another DC movie out that's actually got some decent quality to it. Uh, yeah. I know there's, a, there's been a lot of complaints about the CGI and the heavy use of mm-hmm. CGI in the film, and it's understandable. Um, and, I, and I can see why people would complain about it. There are certain sequences where, yeah, the characters, they, they look like CGI characters. But I'm sorry, they're fucking flying around or running at speeds, you know, that are, that are like ridiculous levels <laughs> and, and are traversing through time and space using, you know, fucking magical abilities granted to them based on these fucking superpowers. You know, like... Uh, the, the way people make it sound is like you don't see these things in, like, Marvel films and stuff like that. But really, <laughs> when you think about it, you know, you do. But also, yeah. Marvel kind of tries not to really give you close-up shots of certain characters' faces during those sequences, you know? so Oh, they did that. It's, yeah, I mean, there was, there was yes, like, again, yeah, when yeah. Barrett used Speed Force, you know, there's, there's times that you're going to see things and you're going to be, but like, you know, so like, here's how I kind of look at it though, right? It doesn't bother me all that much because I can look at that and be like, you know, it's kind of like watching the comic book come to life. So if it's animated, it's the same as when it was a drawing on a picture, you know, like I've always said, whenever I read comic books, I didn't really read them. I didn't see images. I saw stories created in my mind. So, like, it, it yes. doesn't seem to bother me that much when, when it's it's because it wasn't so terrible. Like, to me, anyway. You know, no, like, I've seen some bad no. CGI, and, like, I don't think this was all that bad. Now, no, that being I didn't said, think it was movie, that bad I either. thought it was great. All right, King, yeah. you've, been, you've been waiting and craving for this movie. Did it deliver? I have. I, I, it fucking delivers <laughs> tenfold. Like, there's so much I can't talk about because of spoilers. Like, I want everybody to go see this movie, but 
Ezra Miller, put all that stuff aside that he's going through in his personal life and just watch him play Barry Allen in this movie. It's, it was phenomenal. Like he does such a great job as that character. You know, is there some rough CGI? Yeah, but it didn't bother me. Just like the ghoul had said, uh, there's a particular scene in the beginning with babies where I just had a cooking great time. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. I'm like, I'm having a great time. And Keaton coming back as Batman, you know, we've seen it in the trailers. He fucking delivered tenfold as coming back as Bruce. Um, you know, seeing him come back in the first scene that we see him all the way until he puts on the bat suit. Like, I, I was a kid again. Like, I told the ghoul, I was like, I remember seeing Batman Returns in the theater with my dad. I was like, here I am 30-plus years later, and fucking Keaton is back as Batman. I felt like a kid again. <laughs> I just, I fucking loved it from start to finish. The movie fucking loved it. I was like, this is one of the first DC movies, you know, with the Flash and the OG crew that I actually loved. Like, even Ben Affleck showing up. I didn't mind it. I was I was okay with it because <laughs> he's in and he's out. You know, I didn't mind him coming back as Bruce. Uh, you didn't get a lot of him. There's a lot of surprises, and I can't wait for people to see this, including you, uh, Monkey, and to let me know what you think about it because there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of fan service, a lot of it, and I love it when they do that, when they're like, hey, guys, we know you love this shit. Check it out. I'm like, fuck, yeah, dude, I'm for it. <laughs> I think you'll appreciate uh, what you do. Oh. Sorry, uh, King. Um, yeah, but I got to admit, man, like, I am trepidatious as hell just because, like, you know, DC just has that track record, man. It's they, They've got they that track record. They, they just, you know, they have such a hard time delivering the goods, man. <laughs> like, But guess know, what, Monkey? James Gunn was involved with this one. That should change oh, around. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know he can turn things around, and he did, because there was an original ending plan that James Gunn stepped in. He's like, "Well, I'm kind of in charge now. We're getting rid of that." So they did, and they shot a whole new ending that kind of made it work. And so, yeah, you know, put all that shit aside. You know, like th- this movie, it just felt so weird because we've seen like Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman. We're like, oh, you know. Not Black late, Adam. You know, Justice League movie. <laughs> Black Adam. <laughs> We've seen these movies, and they've been just very milk toast and very just not great. This one, like, it fucking was funny. It had a ton of heart. It had a ton of action. I was like, I can't believe I'm watching a DC movie that I'm actually in love with. I, was like, I didn't think I would ever say that. <laughs> you know, the last movie I saw that I loved from DC was The Suicide Squad, but again, that's James Gunn. <laughs> I knew I was going to enjoy it. I think your your expectations. Yeah, but that was Suicide Squad two. It wasn't even Suicide Squad one. You know, they because no, even they, there they had to like apologize redo. and be like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna redo and we're gonna try this again because <laughs> why we're DC and we can't seem to fucking do this shit right at all, which is I, I find so confusing but, but because it's like we all grew up on DC comics. We know they can fucking yeah. write comics, but for some reason. They just can't get screenplays down and deliver movies. Like, I, I, no, I just yeah, don't get it. <laughs> yeah, they, they couldn't really get it done recently, but I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by The Flash. I think, you know, just go in and expect to have a good time. Like I told you, it's funny. It's got a lot of action. You're going to get a lot of fan service if you're a comic book fan. There is a ton of that. So <laughs> I think you are really going to appreciate what Andy Muschietti did. Um, with, with the Flash, you know, because I, I went in just excited to see Keaton, and all of a sudden I'm getting all this other shit. I'm like, oh, man, 
Like this is a whole other level of shit. So you know, it, it's so great. And and the actress that played the Karazor L Supergirl, fantastic. Like I, I hope she gets her own movie one day. She was smoking hot, but so good. <laughs> you know, Michael Shannon returning as Zod, so great. We saw it in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. But at the same time, it was so great to see him back as Zod because he's such an asshole. <laughs> he, he is such <laughs> a chilling asshole. Because of what he wants to do with the world, like, you know, and to see him trying to accomplish this. And, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, again, in shows you see everything. So you see, you know, Keaton come back, but to see the Batmobile again and to see the Batwing and see the original costume. Like, man, it's, you feel like a fucking kid, man. <laughs> you feel like you're watching Burton's Batman again. We're like, this is it, man. But, unfortunately, yeah, and, and, it didn't really deliver at the yeah. box office, so that sucks. No, it didn't. It didn't at all, actually. It's, it's pretty much considered yeah. a failure at this point. As, as, as mm-hmm. you know, as is Disney's Elemental, which is also uh, doing oh. for that. That is, yeah, that only made like twenty four, yeah. twenty five million, something like that. It's yeah, that's, bad that's, news. Because it, yeah. it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know uh, yeah, about the quality of the film, but like, I know my own kids. Like when they like, they want to see it. You know what I mean? They were all interested. They were like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we totally want to go see it. But they both expressed, like, uh, that there was something, like, discomforting about, like, the animation style and something mm-hmm. in particular, I guess, with the way the characters' faces look or something, like, kind of, like, bothered them. So I'm wondering if that, like, put, put people off with it. But, you know, and, I, and the other thing that I do wonder with, like, with The Flash, you know, there is obviously a such thing as as just getting too much uh, of of a thing, you know. And if you really think about it, look at all the movies we've had this year alone that have been like superhero based movies. The Flash is coming in on the tail end of that with Guardians, yeah. Spider Verse. You know, there, there, there's been a lot of releases already this year that were all quite popular and quite successful. Um, I, I, I mm-hmm. do think some of, of whatever, you know, uh, whatever his issues were, I do think that did reflect to a degree and probably, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. some people were bothered enough by it. But I think most people were just turned off by the whole DC thing. Uh, the, the only thing, and the reason why I'm going to say this is because one of the guys I work with actually had asked me, and uh, just in case anybody was, leery on it keaton is in the film you know it's not a case yeah. in which yeah. the quick quick hit and he's out nope. you know he actually does have right. a very active active role in the film so if you did like keaton's batman you will very much enjoy what you're going to see in this movie i was surprised by how much we got of him actually now that you bring that up i was like wow he's really fucking in this movie he's not just like a cameo and he's out now he was in this fucking movie as Bruce, That's kind as of my buddy, yeah. My, my yeah. buddy Mark was like, hey, listen, he's like, because he, know, he knows I'll never give him spoilers. Like, I'm so bad. Like, they ask me questions, and I start giving them false information. I'll be like, yeah, you know, fucking <laughs> Luke Skywalker showed up. Luke Skywalker showed up in the middle of Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're finally combining the fucking Star Wars and Marvel Universe, you know, because they do exist in the comic books, type of deal. <laughs> like that kind of shit. Um, like, I'll start making shit up as I go along to really fuck with them. Um, but uh, but he had said he's like he's like just if you can is Keaton actually in the movie and I was like you know what that's not really a spoiler I'm like yeah he's he's in the fucking movie so you're not going to be disappointed so mm, no not at all not to be all dour but can I chime in with a Hello, question dude. about all of the flash businesses 
You sure can. Hi, Dean. So, good evening, everyone. Thank you for bearing with me. I've been on the line for quite a while, just listening to you all ramble away. But um, what I would like to ask, and um, I don't know if this is a touchy subject amongst you fans or not, but uh, The Flash, Ezra Miller, isn't this guy like a grooming sex trafficker that has had all kinds of criminal problems um, going on, or Mm -hmm. is that, like, not fully accurate? No, that's accurate. He's got a lot of of demons in his real life. Yeah, and I mean, they listen, the kid, obviously, he has some mental issues, has some substance abuse issues. He needs rehab and some, some mental rehabilitation. You know, and he's already admitted to that. And, uh, you know, from, from what I've heard, I, I know he's supposedly trying to get the help that, that's needed, which is why he's come, like, you know, DC, you know, the Warner Brothers and everybody, they've already come out and said, like, you know, they have no problems keeping him on as the Flash. They would not be against keeping him on as long as, He's continuing to do the right things and, and gets himself, you know, gets himself the help that's needed. And I hope so, because he, he is fantastic yeah. in the role. He really He's a great is. actor. I, I, yeah. I like this, you know, since the Justice League movie, so. Yeah, no, he, he's really good. But, yeah, you just have to separate the actor from the role, you know. You're watching The Flash. You're not watching Ezra Miller. Like, you know, that's what I took it as. And I thought that he handled the character very fucking well, so. Yeah, it's one of those situations. You got to separate the person from the character, but it, it's not good. But hopefully, he gets the help that he needs. But yeah, he, he's, he's got his like help. a good kidnapping every now and again. <laughs> well, I mean, it's healthy. I mean, what else are you doing on a Friday night? Well, get a little of kidnapping in there. You know, bored. Oh, uh, grab, grab some, some Taco Bell. <laughs> like everybody else, <laughs> grab somebody at Taco Bell. You know, make it an extra spicy night. Uh, I don't know any chicks named Taco Bell. <laughs> there's got to be one out there no, somewhere. There. I'm sure there's a Taco Bell out there. She's probably a really hot drag queen. She just stands out in front of the Taco Bell and like, hey, honey, you want a chalupa, baby? <laughs> Hell yeah, I do. Thank you, Taco Bell. Chick in Disney's Bell costume, just like eating and engorging herself on Taco Bell food. <laughs> just sitting on the curb outside of the Taco Bell, just eating fucking chalupas. Being, hey, you guys want to hang out? Yeah, I kind of do. Like one of those, a- no. one of those ASMR videos, you know? <laughs> oh, no. The paper crinkling and the fuck. Oh, God, I can't stand ASMR. What is that? Bung, bung, bung Koo or some shit like that? The one where people uh, like watch people eat? Oh, the mukbang. The mukbangs. Bang. There you go. Oh. Yeah, mukbangs. Yeah, oh, man. If you fucking want to go down the deep hole, just watch mukbang videos. They're fucking terrible. Oh, good. You get this I hate fucking huge fucking thing of food. Nasty. Oh, nasty. Oh, it's so gross. Oh. Close it's up to their yeah, mouth. They have a whole all that noise. Mm-hmm. And then crunching and slurping and oh, who likes this? Obviously, somebody does because mukbangs are a big thing on on YouTube. But I don't I don't get it. I don't like Notice the sound the of people eating. Like it just Notice the monkey is suspiciously quiet. <laughs> he's looking it up real fast. I can't, I can't get a, I can't get a word in edgewise. Plus, I'm like soaking in what you're saying. So, like, are are these videos like of like just people eating, like, but extremely close yep. up or something? Yeah, they have a whole oh, no. fucking table full of food, and they're like, "This is my mukbang." So you have a whole fucking table filled with food, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna eat this now." <laughs> 
And it's just, that's Man. all it fucking is. Just, yo, God, it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> you, know, you might be turned on that, though. Like, who knows? You might watch it and be like, oh, uh, I learned something about myself tonight. Is it animated and ball tentacles? Then no. Nope. <laughs> sometimes, there are sometimes live action tentacles involved. I do believe one girl almost... There are. That one. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> yeah. There are some squid. And there are some tentacles and some of my friends. No, no, yeah. it's not the same thing. And Ghoul, you know it, because I know you've at least seen a couple. <laughs> Bro, I can honestly tell you, like, and I, you know me, I have no problem admitting the porn that I watch. I have never watched, like, I have I seen, like, never. parts or never. I, I've never watched a hentai, like, ever. Like, I just, I, I nope. can't. It's just, nope. Nope. Ah, so we've got that stepmom born, man. That's that's oh, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. house, all right? That's oh man, not, not, now I gotta man. see if I can find one to miss, see if I can make a pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll find one. Just a no for me. Yeah, it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> no, I'd rather I, like watching, I like watching real chicks get fucked, or at least real yeah, chicks with fake tits. You know? Hey, like I like mom all right? <laughs> We've talked about it. <laughs> That's my go-to. Bob swaps the bomb. <laughs> it's so fucking good. I love it to death. There's no tentacles. There's no I've got anything. my subscription. $9.95. <laughs> I just go to X videos, man. They're all free. I need the full sequence. Not just, like, you know, kind of like there the human full sequence. I, like I the human centipede sequence. I need the whole hour porn, not just, like, the clips of it. Yeah, see, I can't do that. I can't last. Because, like, the, I've seen the full versions where they're, like, 35 to 45 minutes, but I can't do it. I can't. I can't mm-hmm. fucking tip the whole what? thing. Because then I'm like, Whoa, all right, You're, say, you're, you're saying you love this stuff and you don't even watch the full movies? You don't oh. need to. You just need the intro. You need the intro. And then you need the fucking sex, and then you need the cum on the face, and that's it. That's like that's it. It's like you know, sixteen minutes. Oh man, I can't. That's like a clip. No, thirty-five minutes. She, you no, cheater. Getting bored cheater. Like, all right, they're talking. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm a clip note guy. I, I need the hits. Play the hits. All right, that's the way I am with porn. Play the fucking hits, man. Uh-huh. I don't need the whole fucking because uh-huh. it's thirty-five minutes, man. I start getting bored. I'm like, ah, should I jerk off now? Nope, they're still talking. Oh, oh, action. All right, but I still have 25 minutes to go. I'm not going to last, man. Like, you know, it's an endurance test. I can't do it. Nope. I need the See, now 15 you, minute. But no, but no, no. Now you're being disrespectful to the four, man. These are actors and actresses. And you're just like, uh, you know, that, that would be like <laughs> going to Avengers Endgame and just <laughs> showing up in like the last 30 minutes and be like, are we there? Are we there? Because I'm just going to come all over the screen right now. <laughs> I didn't even bother well, watching what, between... what happened the first two and a half hours. <laughs> uh, no, well, the difference is I'm not jerking off during Endgame. I'm not fucking, my dick's not out. And I'm not fucking trying to pleasure myself. Like I'm fucking trying to watch a movie. With fucking What's porn, fuck I just need the fucking hits, right man. Now. I just need the hits. <laughs> I just need the good shit and then go away and then feel bad about it for a couple minutes and then question my life choices and then move on. That's what I need to do. So I don't, I don't need the 35-minute fucking cut of those things. Um, 
But enough about the thirty-five minute cut. You're making it sound like it's this, you know, super long, like Cronenberg syndicate. I don't need the thirty-five minute cut. Yeah. Well, you know what? Then you then you stick to a thirty-five minute fucking porn scene. Let me know how you do. Start to finish. Uh, no stopping. Watch the yeah, entire fucking yeah. thing. Hentai. I do it all the time. Yeah, but that's weird shit. I'm talking about like normal shit. <laughs> you know, stepmom getting banged. <laughs> yeah, yeah know, normal. You know, there's like, yeah, the normal shit that us people like. <laughs> but I, uh, all right, because we're going to get into a lot of like sex shit later, so let's move away from that. Uh, we have the demon with us. Um, what do you have for horror news, Dean? What are we talking about tonight? Oh, my, oh, my. I never thought this moment was going to arrive. Um, <laughs> you know, in in our time, of course, one of the, you know, I don't want to say lead, but one of the, like, premier uh, directors and writers in horror, of course, uh, for better or for worse, has been M. Night Shyamalan, and uh, he has announced uh, some details about his next film, uh, which is going to is be called Trap. Uh, it's going to be <laughs> called Trap. Uh, he's calling it a psychological thriller uh, and that it's going to be taking place at a concert. Uh, he said that this film uh, is part of his new deal with Warner Brothers, not uh, what was supposed to be his third and final film with his Universal deal. He also mm-hmm. said that he knows, including this this project he's talking about, Trap, he knows what the next three movies uh, that he is going to make are going to be. Uh, but Trap is the only one he mentioned by name with, uh, you know, the setting of it being taking place at a concert. Um, but he's very excited to, to be part of the Warner Brothers family. Uh, no release date or casting information or anything else like that uh, is available uh, at this time. He had a chance to call it the Trap. He did just call it the Trap. <laughs> Didn't want those Star Wars fans in there. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Not that <laughs> movie, guys. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a twist. Thank you, Mr. Calamari Head. <laughs> Mom Calamari. That's, the, that's, what his next, that's, what his next, that's what his next three films are. It's the new Star Wars trilogy, which is all about the fucking Mom ah. Calamari. All about General Ackbar. It's a rock. <laughs> oh, man. That is awesome. Asshole. All right. Yeah, Benedict Asshole. Benedict Asshole. You know, I couldn't remember. What was Benedict Asshole's brother's name? Oh, fuck if I know, man. <laughs> Johnny Asshole. <laughs> could not Johnny remember asshole. it. I couldn't find it either. I tried to look it up, and it couldn't. It wouldn't, like, come up anywhere. Hmm. Well, I'm yeah. shocked. Remember... He was like, that's not Benedict asshole. That's his brother. Whatever that asshole's name is. <laughs> uh, um, what was that movie called? Oh, Bullets of Justice, right? It was Bullets, Bullets of Justice. Bullets of Justice. Not starring Danny Trejo. It wasn't on there. Um, I did actually, funny enough, I, I decided to slip that picture of Benedict Asshole, the one that I posted in the group chat. I actually slipped it into like a job today, like on one of the, like when we finish the jobs up and we do the write-ups, we often put pictures in from like that job site. So like <laughs> the pictures in the company account now is a picture of Benedict Asshole. 
Benedict. <laughs> 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 All right, Dean, what's next? What are we talking about? Uh, J.A. Bayona, um, who has, you know, made some horror movies, including Hi, one Bayona. that I'm a particular yes, uh, <laughs> fan. I'm a fan of his work. Uh, the Orphanage is, is one that I'm a fan of. Uh, but he, Spanish language film for Netflix that is called Society of the That's Snow. Fun. And it is based on the nonfiction novel of the same name uh, that is about the 1972 uh, plane crash that left an Uruguay uh, rugby team stranded in a snowy mountain uh, that we also know from the nonfiction book Alive that was turned into a um, movie. No, I can't remember who directed. No, I, I had the director in my brain and I just can't remember at the moment. Um, so but uh, Hawk, 1990, right? 1992 had or 1993 film uh, had Ethan Hawke, yes, uh, but of the same title, Alive. So uh, now another movie uh, covering this event from 1972 based on another nonfiction book. Of, of course, the <laughs> rugby is having to resort to cannibalism to stay alive. Oh. All right. Stay tuned for that one. All right, what's next? What are we talking about? Uh, we are talking about Frank Marshall. That's who directed Alive, Frank Marshall. Uh, oh, okay. I did not know that Benedict there was Marshall? going to be we are. film, uh, but apparently uh, Insidious, The Red Door, uh, is coming and has, not, no surprise here, been uh, awarded the PG-13 uh, rating tag um, as this long-running horror series continues to grace our screens with its horror horrific uh, presence. Yeah, looking forward to it. Directed by Patrick Wilson, who also stars in the movie. They were in the first two. Oh, I did not know that. Direct. Yeah, yeah, he's directing this one, so looking forward to it. I, I will I'm come back one more time, but I have to be the director. That's probably exactly <laughs> what I'm saying, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's bringing back most of the original cast. So, yeah, you know, the, the yeah. Insidious movies are ones that, uh, you know, like uh, I know they're PG-13, but we, we kind of enjoy them. I think the only one I really didn't like yeah, was the uh, – they're not. They're actually – they really aren't. Uh, I think the, <laughs> yeah. the, whichever one went into prequel territory, that was the only one that I feel was like a weak entry in the series. Oh, um, three, yeah. Might have been the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the fourth one wasn't terrible. And, uh, and no. no. Well, no, the fourth one's the one that's coming out. Um, that's right. <laughs> the fifth one coming out. I forget. Whatever, whatever fifth one, one. Well, we have. Yeah, the Red Door will so be the not fifth bad, one. Because there's been I chapter two, one. chapter three, the last key, and now the Red Door. And the yeah, only the one of these four. that I have seen. Uh, is the first one I have seen the first Insidious, and and this is this this next statement will be something uh, on our program here that will only be appreciated by the ghoul. But that came out in 2010, uh, right when this grouping uh, was picking up steam, bringing us so much musical joy over the next three years. Uh, but being that the villainous locale in Insidious was referred to as the Further, uh, and mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, the best post Grateful Dead band featuring Grateful Dead members uh, had had risen yeah. risen up uh, called Further. Uh, when I would watch Insidious, and they're like, "We have to go to the Further." I'm like, "God damn right we do!" Uh, and that's really the only thing that I remember <laughs> uh, from that movie. Um, and 
that it also being PG-13, that particular year at work, uh, my, my students at the end of the year were like, we want to watch a horror movie. And I'm like, well, find me something PG-13 and game on. And they fucking said, let's watch Insidious. So, like, we watched it at school. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <clears throat> it's a surprisingly good PG-13 rated horror series. You know, it's, it's one of those uh, series where it's like, you don't know if it's going to be good to PG-13, but, yeah, it delivers. They're all fun. But I'm looking forward to The Red Door. I've seen trailers for it, so I'm looking forward to checking that out. All right, but what's next, Steve? What are we talking about? Let's see. Uh, Spirit, uh, Spirit Halloween, and Funko are teaming up to bring you a figure uh, to celebrate the 35th anniversary of uh, a pop figure to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yay! Uh, uh, this Woo-hoo! figure is only going to be available at select uh, Spirit yeah. Halloween locations. And oh, you It's going to be related uh, to a scene from the film when uh, Bibbo and Shorty pop out of a pizza box and zap a victim yeah, uh, with their cotton candy gut. Uh, I don't know if there's a way to find out what spirits are going to have this figure at this time, but from my notes, uh, it said only specific uh, spirit Halloween stores. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that, that it was only specific, because I was looking forward to getting that one. I'm not a fan of Funko Pops, but I saw that one, I was like, I kind of have to get that one, because that seems so fucking good in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> when they pop out of the pizza box and zap the girl into the cocoon of cotton candy. But Yeah, yeah, so in, the, in the middle of the montage nice. when they're just working their way through town and stuff. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> So hopefully, you yeah, know, we have, uh, around here. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. I was done. Like I said, I'll just hope that we get it around here. Uh, I know we have a, we have a place at the English Town Auction. Uh, there's, there's a guy there. And, I mean, like, when I say they've got, like, every single Funko Pop, like, pretty much. Oh, one of those. <laughs> yeah, like they, they have quite the collection to sell, you know. So, so I, I, I venture that if they didn't get them, if we don't get them at the the places around here, he'll have them in no time. Yeah, yeah, they're well, pretty much like little beanie babies. <laughs> the, only, yeah. the way the collectors have gone insane about them. Yeah, Funko Pop is definitely the new beanie baby. There's so many Funko Pops. Like you see them in Walmart, you see them in all these stores. Like they released the Michael Myers one based on the Halloween poster, where he's all orange and shit. And I was like, people like this shit. Like, I just think they look stupid. Like I think they look like little babies. So I'm not really interested in collecting Funko Pops. But yeah, if I mm-hmm. had more room to put shit up, I probably would collect more of them. Uh, I do enjoy them. Um, I do, and I do have a few. Yeah. But, like, I mean, I have, like, a handful of them. Uh, but, yeah, again, if I had more room to actually, like, this, like, I have Daniel and Johnny from Cobra Kai. You know what I mean? Like, I've got, like, mm-hmm. there are some that are, like, are pretty cool. Um, you know, those are given to me as, like, uh, birthday or Christmas presents. Um, so, so, yeah, but, again, like, I, I really don't have the space to, like, present that kind of stuff. So yeah. I don't collect them for that and, purpose. 
And I've got a couple just because they're Boba Fett's, and it's because it's a fucking Boba Fett. You know how I am about collecting those things. <laughs> so as soon as I saw those, I was like, yep, don't care oh. that it's a Funko Pop. It's a, it's a new <laughs> yeah. Boba Fett figure. I have to add it to the collection. Cool. <laughs> mm, of course you do. And there there is one that they released, um, I think, last year. Uh, that it was a Michael Myers pop, but it also included the house, the Myers house. And I was like, that actually is one I would get just for the fucking house. <laughs> because when are you going to get a, a Michael Myers house, you know, kind of a stand that you can put up there. So, but that's sold out so quick. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh shit, when are we going to get a Myers house, you know, kind of build? It's one of the things where I always wish they would make a model out of it. Because I know if there's a, a Bates Motel like model kit that you can buy, but. Or yeah, the Monster's made, uh, house. There's that, never one of Michael yeah, Myers' house. Yeah, the, the, the base motel one is made by Polar Lights. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But they never made one of the Myers' house. And I was always kind of like, why not? Like, that's a cool fucking build. Like, I wouldn't mind having that, you know, putting it together. But they never did. You know, but missed opportunity, maybe. But, all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Well, I do quickly want to ask, cool, at the, at the, at the auction... Uh, are you talking about boob tube collectibles with all the Funko stuff? Uh, uh, it's just yes, like wall-to-wall Funko? I believe so. <laughs> it's like wall-to-wall Funko and action figures and all that shit? Yeah, yeah, it's again, it's, it's wall-to-wall. Yeah, it's wall-to-wall Funko. And yeah, they yeah do so have boob tube collectibles. But, but most but of it is Funko. It's all... It's all that kind of stuff, all that kind of like collectible business. Uh, you know, do you know who shot yeah. that is? Who? Okay. Uh, it's it's Jared. Jared. It's Jared's brother's Heath shop. It's Heath. I was gonna say I know the guy Heath that runs the place. Oh no, shit! He's related to Jared. He's Jared's brother, huh? It's Jared's brother. It's, it's, From it's Jared's younger brother. Yeah, he, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's his I, shop. I yeah. I know, know him. Like I said, I know him. I know his name because of Keith. It sounds like Keith, you know? But, uh, dude, that's funny yeah. as hell. I got to fucking, next time I see him, because he just sold Sammy uh, a, uh, what the hell did she get? She got a, a a Carl figure from there. Or, no, 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 I'm sorry, a Negan. There was a, a Negan figure that she really wanted that she ended up getting. All right. Nice, very cool. Speaking, speaking of Negan... Uh, Negan and Maggie uh, spin-off series, Dead City, aired this uh, past Sunday. And I, uh, this was not on my news list here, but I, did, I just uh, heard Negan's name and just felt compelled to say that um, I, um, I'm sure, the one who had the opportunity to view the first episode. And uh, they wasted, so what did you I think? would say they wasted, they wasted no time. Uh, jumping right into the story, and uh, you know, I I will stand by my repeated statements that The Walking Dead is at its best when I always say when when Negan <laughs> is on the screen, but at least over the last uh, season of the flagship show, uh, anytime there are the quiet moments when Negan and Maggie are in the same space, uh, are also some of the best moments, and uh, this provides um, you know plenty of that. Uh, as well as laying the groundwork for the storyline uh, that is going to take place, which um, also has brought back some earlier stuff from the Saviors um, uh, when we first got to meet uh, Negan. So some interesting stuff going on in Dead City. I will say that. That's all I will say about that at this point in time. <clears throat> Very cool. 
glad you're liking it so far. We'll see what happens yes. with that series. All right, so what's next, Ian? What are you talking about? I will tell you, King, since you asked nicely, that, uh, you know, Thank back you. in the 80s, <laughs> uh, I was, a, I was a, a huge fan of the Michael J. Fox starring vehicle Teen Wolf. Uh, not such a big fan of the Jason Bateman starring vehicle Teen Wolf 2. Uh, but uh, I also did not watch any of the – there was a Teen Wolf, like, MTV series, uh, and they recently, yeah. uh, within the past year, made a movie, Teen Wolf the movie, mm-hmm. and I have learned that uh, they are making a big push uh, to be included in up to six different categories, including outstanding TV movie, uh, to try and win an Emmy Award. Um, what I, I I of course have not seen this <laughs> film. I have no comment about it. I don't know. I can't speak no, to its quality or not. <clears throat> but I do not know uh, if it's worthy to even be considered. My 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 general instincts tell me probably not. Um, but I don't know if any of you have seen it either. No. I'm oh, sorry. What what is what is it again? Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. The MTV series. <laughs> Teen Wolf movie from MTV. Uh. Oh no no no! Sorry, I was I was literally I was messaging the dean outside, so I wasn't like trying to like ignore him purposefully or anything like that. Purposefully, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the 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 cool girl at one point had uh, had started watching it. I don't think she went very far with it. You know, I, my my dad, who uh, you know, is kind of like he's kind of retar- you know, <laughs> retired. Retired. Wait, he's kind of wrong. Not, what? <laughs> not the other word. Not the other R word. <laughs> oh my God! If he ever kind of what? watch, this would be this would be the one episode he would fucking listen to. Like, hey, really? You'd, you'd agree with me anyway. But uh, you 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 called me what? <laughs> he would be like, no, like that's the thing. My old man, he'd be like. No doubt, I am. Um, but, uh, no, he's like re- retired, and uh, yeah, he watches like, a lot of different shows and everything like that. Takes in a lot of stuff, and, and he watched that whole series. And like he, uh, yeah, he's got questionable taste at times, but I guess we all kind of do. Um, Don't but, we all? So, you know, I, 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 yeah. that's, that's kind of what I said. You know, but uh, yeah, he said it was all right. I mean, he liked it enough to complete the whole series, so or or whatever. Can, Completed it up to wherever it is. I thought it was finished. <clears throat> I thought so too, but I guess there was a movie from it. But, yeah, you know. yeah, I thought it had gotten canceled, and that's why they went on to do the movie was to finish the story arc. Oh, no, okay. probably why they did it. Like, you know, but like I said, I wasn't really I, I know nothing because I was busy messaging the team anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the you mentioned. Uh, well, Dean mentioned uh, Michael J. Fox, and all I could think about was uh, Marty McSy. Cool again. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the best Eric Stoltz movie ever. Are you guys talking about BTTF? <laughs> oh, man. Right. <laughs> mask. <laughs> you mean Michael J. Fox and Footloose? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so good. Um, then, all, all right, right so moving on, Dean, what are we talking about? Can't give spoilers. Uh, John Carpenter and uh, Keith David apparently have not seen each other in person, uh, who, of course, worked on 80s horror classics, The Thing, together. 
I have not seen each mm-hmm. other in over 35 years until they recently shared uh, pictures on social media of them having a little bit of an in-person reunion. Uh, what they did not post is what led to this reunion, uh, but the rumor mill has since started turning overtime that perhaps uh, uh, Keith David will have a part in the upcoming John Carpenter suburban uh, uh, suburban stories um, horror screams. series. Uh, what's that? Suburban, suburban screams. screams. I apologize. I couldn't. I couldn't read my chicken scratch as per usual. Um, <laughs> but yes, I'm here to help you. Uh, so there, there's rampant speculation that perhaps uh, Keith David will be playing some kind of part in Suburban Screams, uh, working with John Carpenter for the first time uh, since the thing uh, that has not yet, of course, been confirmed at this time. Uh, but certainly good to see those guys uh, back together. Uh, you know, which you know I feel like is the further away. I mean, not that. Um, it's ever been uh, discounted, but I just I feel like the further we get away from John Carpenter's the thing, like like the better and in like continued higher regard it continues to be held. Well, not just a thing, but they live too. Keith David was in the, uh, they live with Ronnie Piper. So what came first, the thing or they live? Oh, you're right. I totally sure forgot about that. The thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah the, thing the thing came, came first. first. And then they live yeah, came afterwards. Came so, yeah, so they have so they haven't worked together since they lived. Still a long time, but still. Yeah, still a very long yeah. time. It's cool. Yeah, still uh, that is long. yeah, I saw that picture, it was very cool. But yeah. But anyway, all right. So moving on, Dean, what else are we talking about? Uh being that there's so much searching uh going on in the world right now, uh, I have learned that uh aside from trying to find this Titanic submersible submarine uh, that uh, six months, <laughs> six months, uh, six months since he's gone missing uh, in the Mount Baldy area, the search continues. Uh, Julian Sands, for Julian Sands, <laughs> for Julian Sands, who went missing around Mount Baldy sometime six months ago. Um, <laughs> we call those ones Baldies. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, at this point. Uh, you know, mm. a search mission, not necessarily a search and rescue mission. Um, oh no, it's definitely know, but, we're looking but, for but, the body at this point. But they, but the search, the search continues, and um, you know that's just one of many searches that are happening in the world today. But yeah, Dean, uh, speaking about the the the, uh, the submersible submarine from the uh, Titanic yes. uh, thing. The fact that they piloted it with a fucking Xbox controller, I was like, yeah, that's probably not good. Oh, well, you know what? I'm going to no, jump in, no, no, jump no, in there. Just, I want to comment on that. It's a Logitech video no. game controller. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it, it's a knockoff <laughs> Xbox controller. I, <laughs> I've been reading, like, I'm a, I'm a Titanic guy. Like, I'm not crazy. Like, I'm not an insane Titanic guy. But, like, since I'm a little kid, like, I've always read books about the Titanic and I've always had interest in the Titanic and everything. Um, like yeah, I have yeah. like a like a little display area in my classroom with some of my Titanic books where like interested kids can help themselves and read it and shit. But my 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 from what I have been reading about this in the last couple of days, that like a lot has been made about this controller and it's and it's 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 brought a lot of like humorous fodder. But apparently, uh, for for this type of submersible and a lot of other stuff like this is completely par for the course in common. It wasn't like a 
a way for the company to chintz out on real equipment or anything like that. Like this is a very common thing and that a lot of the experts uh, have said that uh, like too much of a big deal is being made out of this, that like the controller thing that it's like that legitimately in the industry, that's like common. It's common. It's not like some, some cheaped out like weird thing. So it's still funny, uh, you know, and there's been a lot of funny noise surrounding yeah. it, but like, uh, you know, they, the experts say it kind of misses the mark as far as the kind of equipment that is used for, for this kind of stuff. And you would think that, holy crap, how could they use a fucking Logitech controller or whatever? But, like, that's just, like, par for the course in, in the industry. And, uh, I mean, you know, think, they, yeah. the, from, you know, it's, it's funny. Okay. Not, to, not to interrupt you here, right, but I did watch a video with the actual CEO himself as he was, like, discussing and explaining everything about, like, the inside of the submarine, and he showed, us the, he showed the controller and all this and that. And his exact words at the time were something to the – I'm almost sure this is verbatim. You know, this is so that, you know, somebody as young as, like, a 16-year-old would be able to control this sub. Like, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. okay? When you're going – 12,000 fucking feet down into the depths of the ocean. I don't want to be doing so with my PlayStation fucking 5 controller. I would like (laughs) to know that everything that I am utilizing is using similar fucking technology to like an actual fucking working submarine, like military level, not fucking something that fucking Tony Stark cobbled together in a cave in Iraq. (laughs) Well, yeah. And it's it's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars per person to go down in the submersible fucking submarine. So you would think for yeah. two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that they would have something better than the Logitech controller, but apparently they don't. But at the same time, it, I mean, it is kind of funny. We always talk about it, you know, about these things. But I love the one meme of saying, "Yeah, you wanted to go down and see the Titanic, and what happened to it? So you're getting the full experience now." <laughs> I just like you know when you can't even sit there and you know again like you said multi million dollar vehicle here you can't even sit there and get a PS one controller to keep this thing going <laughs> and it wasn't even like a good Logitech controller because the Diva and I we love our PlayStation two Logitech controllers they have like some of the best controllers we've ever had for a PlayStation two but but it's like this thing was like horrible horrible knockoff KB store looked like shit was falling off of it no man I, I am not trusting my shit to go to the bottom of the ocean you know, with would, some old ass shit looking like you know what I playing Mario Kart. <laughs> I would want my control attached to the vehicle. You know, like I would want to know. Yeah. Like, that yeah. would be like, okay, hey, I'm going to hop in my car, okay, which, you know, can top out at speeds of like 140 to 160 miles an hour, but I'm going to control it. Yeah. Literally using a fucking <laughs> controller not attached to the fucking, you know, to, to the steering column. Like that, you're not going to get a feel of what's going on around you. You're not going to get an understanding. You know what I mean? Like you're losing an entire like major part of what it takes to to operate a vehicle, which is the feel yes. of what's surrounding you. I'm also yeah. not that white and rich that I would want to go see the fucking Titanic. So I, it's fucking <laughs> gone, man. It's like at the bottom of the ocean. Like <laughs> what do that for? But apparently people have that kind of clout where they're like, I got that kind of money. Let's go see the fucking Titanic ruins. Like, no, I'm good. I'll be up here eating fucking tacos. What's that? You're fucking drowning because it's a Logitech controller? Oh, sorry. 
can't help you. I'm over here having a great time. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's stupid. Like, I mean, and, of course, we don't want any tragedies to happen. Hopefully they get rescued. But at the same time, like, hey, you're fucking stupid. Like, nope, sorry. I can look at fucking videos on YouTube of the fucking Titanic. That's the bottom of the ocean. Uh, James I'm Ca- good. James Cameron has made some incredible fucking footage. Yes. Of incredible yeah, what footage. the entire time? And for the first time, I'll take you down there. Uh, there were uh, research-based explorations for the first time in quite some time, just a couple of years ago. And the the scanning and mapping that they did of the entire wreckage that you can see right now is absolutely absurd. Uh, they did a full out, yeah. like a full yep. uh, using their remote submersibles. They did like insane fucking scanning of the entire wreckage, uh, which is really yeah, cool yeah. to see. Yeah. No, we saw some of them when we went to the, to, to the Titanic exhibit in New York City uh, a few months ago. You know, like the whole thing, was, yeah. it, was, it really is. It's, it's incredible. If you want to go see the Titanic, go take a trip to New York City, okay? You can visit some of the actual <laughs> things, some of the cabins, and you don't have to go fucking 12,000 feet under the sea. You know, it's funny. No. Like the cool girl mentioned, like, you know, like, it's the, like Sammy, like, you know, the, the, the little monster is a huge Titanic bench. Like, she really is. She's studied up all kinds of stuff on it. She's fascinated by the, by the whole thing. And she was like, you know, like, if we had the money, like, just to, like, just to blow, you know, she thinks that like, she would take Sam, like, to do something like that. Like, you know, not for me. Like, if I had that mm. kind of money, nope. nah, I still wouldn't be interested in doing <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> no. I'd rather do anything else. <laughs> Go down to the bottom of the ocean oh, and see Titanic. Uh, just to interject, the, the kid said no. If we had the money, she said she wouldn't do it anyway. <laughs> well, now she won't. <laughs> now now that it's controlled by a legend. She said before the submarine went down. <laughs> yeah. Now she's like, yeah, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dean, what else are we talking about? Uh, I'll tell you, you what else. You were, say, you were saying something? something? I'm I thought so, but I don't oh, think I'll off because I'm a dick. No, it's, it's cool. I don't, I don't remember it. It's fine then. Uh, so uh, I'm pretty sure quite some time ago I talked here on the program about how Apple TV uh, was prepping a series order for uh, a, a TV series version of uh, the classic Metropolis film. And mm-hmm. uh, what I have learned uh, from Sam Esmail, uh, and what I have learned is that due to the writer's strike, uh, this uh, this project has been 100% scrapped entirely, so there will be no Metropolis yeah. series for Apple TV. We're gonna see that. We're gonna see a lot of that happening. <clears throat> yeah, but that's that also seems to be like a curse of the Metropolis thing too. Too though is like so many people have tried to come up with newer versions of Metropolis, and every time it's Stars get get its gears going. Something always happens, and then it gets shot to shit, and always gets shot down. It's not meant to be, man. Leave it alone. Just watch the original film. That's all you need. Yeah, but. which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Believe me, I'm a huge fan of Metropolis. But yeah, just leave it alone. It is what it is. But we're seeing that a lot with projects coming out where they're like, oh, nope, we're not getting that anymore because the writers strike. So. All these movies getting pushed back, so I'll have to hopefully get new entertainment coming soon. But uh, well, all right, Dean, what else are we talking about? One one thing I know from the writer strike, and this, and this is uh, sort of related, uh, is that mm-hmm. the creators, the creators of Cobra Kai, have said that while the upcoming Hi-ya! season 
uh, will be the final season that, uh, you know, everything is kind of on hold because of the writer's strike. But what I have learned is that uh, featured player in the Cobra Kai series, uh, Peyton List, uh, has had her own series over at Paramount oh, Plus sorry. called School Spirits, uh, so where she, yes, where uh, on her series on Paramount Plus School Spirits, she plays a high school kid who is trying to solve her own murder. Uh, it's been announced yeah. that a second season of School Spirits uh, is a go. Uh, so, yeah, we watched uh, while the first few episodes is, of that. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. I watched three. Kind of dropped off. Bad. And what did you find? Well, it's pretty good. So, you know, it's, 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 it's all right. It's, yeah. it's like a light high school version yeah. of Ghost. <laughs> exactly, yep. Exactly how it's uh, Sam yeah. Wheat? Yes. Cream of. Cream of Sam Wheat. All right. You must it's Autumn Sunrise. <laughs> Like <laughs> it's all and then right. also what you go and do uh, to your hair. <laughs> <laughs> you like it? it's autumn sunrise. Uh, <laughs> while keeping while keeping with the theme of uh, streaming TV series, uh, as we move from uh, Peyton lists. Uh, series over to to the Duffer Brothers, who also are prepping the final uh, season of Stranger Things, uh, without any details about uh, the role and or how involved or what it will entail. It has been announced for the upcoming final season of Stranger Things that Linda Hamilton has joined the cast. Uh, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. So I guess she's like done with Resident Alien? <laughs> I guess so. Moving on to the project. But I think even that's on the standstill, though, because of the writer's strike. So. Yeah. Who knows when we're going to get uh, the fifth season? <laughs> so, yeah. Wendell, Hamil- uh, Wendell Hamilton, you know, showing up. I know Arnold Schwarzenegger did a video where he's like, oh, my friend's going to be in Stranger Things 5. And I was like, well, eventually. <laughs> we have no idea when it's going to come because of the writer's strike. I know when I'm going to come. The coming feels so good. Cool. It's like the pump. It's going like to be our next president, guys. Arnold Schwarzenegger throwing his hat in the ring. Even though he can't do it. Still doing it. <laughs> Maria, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I fucked the maid and we had the kids. <laughs> I could be better than Trump. Yeah. I was governor of California for a little while. No, you, you can't be president, though. Yeah, nobody stops on him. Nobody can stop the Schwarzenegger. No, a lot of things can. Well, well, wait, 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 wasn't it the the Schwarzenegger Act that actually allowed Arnold Schwarzenegger to become president? Well, governor of California, yes, but not president. Like, he's he's disqualified because he's not a natural-born citizen. Not according to Demolition Man, okay? In Demolition Man, the Schwarzenegger Act, okay? And and he was president of the United States. Bacon, butter, and and cheese. Damn right. (laughs) Rat burgers. (laughs) <laughs> 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 uh 
There was a time there was a time a long time ago where I had that entire uh Dennis Leary wrapped down cold. Uh the ghoul can confirm this. Oh absolutely. Yeah, I he, we used to we used to get drunk or fucking stoned, and he would like just spout it out like fucking word for word, As, like word it, for it, word. It might as well be fucking Dennis Leary himself, like coming out of the dean's mouth. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Yeah, Dennis Leary coming out of the uh, the dean's mouth. <laughs> mm. All right. So what, what else do you have? Here? <laughs> Hamburger. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad you said, King, and I'm so glad that you pay attention uh, to what I say, because what I said before I talked about uh, Linda Hamilton was to wrap up this segment of Talking Terror. So that was it. That was the end of the things that I had to talk about on this portion of our program. All right. Well, Dean, you still got a lot more to talk about, because we're talking about your film pick of the week, Negative Missing, from 2011, directed by Michael Goy. So hit us with that synopsis. Tell us what you thought. We are talking about my pick of the week, Megan is Missing, which uh, as I open up my notes on my phone and take a look at um, take a look at my movie list where I have all of the different films in my life that I would like to watch at some point in time, uh, Megan is Missing uh, was on there. And sometimes I forget what my pick going to be and as as the ghouls week pick is wrapping up i'm scrambling to find uh you know what my pick is going to be and i went with megan is missing and again this film is from 2011 written and directed by michael goy uh this film uh was developed uh as early as 2006 and the ultimate film was shot for uh, a low 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 cost of somewhere between 30 and 35 thousand dollars uh anchor bay in 2011 is the company that gave it a limited theatrical release. Uh, Michael Goy wrote the script in 10 days, and the film was shot in just a week. Um, uh, This is a film that deals with uh, the communications uh, between, or about the communications of teenage girls on the Internet, and, uh, you know, things that can go wrong. Uh, with that type of communication, which is uh, kind of like a sort of ripped from the headlines kind of deal, given the world that we live in and communication world that we live in. And uh, ultimately, uh, Megan, uh, you know, the main character and her friend Amy, uh, after some communications online go missing. Uh, This film is put together in a series of like, uh, you know, home movies, news reports, webcam chat, so on and so forth. And um, that's the brief synopsis for Megan is Missing. And, you know, uh, I find that this particular, for me, I find, I don't want to go ahead and say that I liked this film. I don't know if I would just put it simple as that. Uh, but I feel like I understand what Michael Goy was trying to present uh, as one who works with kids in the age range of Megan and Amy and some of the other kids in this film uh, you know, we have all the time in all my years in education, we have different programs where we have companies come and do a thing about Internet safety and all of this. But like, uh, you know, uh, this kind of online discussion, and I'm not going to talk about like ultimately who the person was on the other side of the, the Internet line yet. Uh, but these kinds of communications and uh, 
you know, how susceptible and manipulative and so on and so forth, like the exploration of all of that, I found to be uh, kind of interesting and important um, and topical. And uh, even though this film is over 10 years old, uh, also still currently timely, uh, given the, the digital communication world that we still exist in today. So uh, just a little bit there about Megan is missing, and I'm just, I'm, I am curious to hear about, uh, you know, the, the, the thoughts that all of you have about this particular film that we're discussing on Talking Territory. Excellent. All right. So, Gould, what do you think about Megan's Missing? Ah, uh, listen, this was a, uh, so this is what I never had heard about, like, ever. Like, I've, I've not heard of this movie uh, at all. Uh, funny enough, the uh, the little monster, like, walked in at, like, one part or another, and, we, I, like, I paused it, and I was like, yeah, I don't think this is something you can watch. Uh, funny enough being that she is actually of age. So, like, I currently, in my house, have a kid, like, literally the age of these characters. Um, but actually, when I mentioned the name of it, she actually knew the film, said like something about it and was like, yeah, I don't even want to see that. You know, so I guess she had heard enough about the reputation of this movie. Uh, you know, if certain things were cut out of it, it would actually make a really good PSA slash after school special from like when we were kids. Um, but uh, as far as like, the, you know, look, the, the message involved, uh, the, the, the things, the ideas, what, what they're trying to convey with this movie, with its you know, quote unquote, ripped from the headlines type of uh, of, of storyline. You know, is 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 admirable. Um, you know, as far as the execution, dialogue, performances. Eh, you know, they they were hit or miss at times. Um, yeah, like over overall, the uh, it's it's not a film that you like. I mean, I don't think so. You know, like, I can't say I enjoyed this film because, you know, for the most part, I found most of the content to be, you know, lewd, disturbing, and kind of just overall gross. Um, so, I mean, it definitely elicited a uh, a response from me as somebody that, you know, has kids of this age, has a kid of this age, and has, you know, interacted. Similar, you know, the dean, you're, you're a teacher who deal with kids of this age all the time. You know, I look at it with my kids, their friends, and all that stuff, and, like, you know, it would be horrifying. So, so it's like any parent's worst fucking nightmare right here. It's kind of nonsense, you know? So, so it's kind of, and, kind of what my And that's true, is, you know, and, and you know, obviously, you know, we'll get into, like, the grisly back half uh, when we learn what's going on, but that the whole first portion, uh, the segment, the conversations, the 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 leading the everything that we learn uh, or watch from from apparently this this Josh character like I find from the reading that I've done and 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 different things that I've watched to be like kind of accurate as to how this whole situation goes down I mean there were there was an entire uh, series uh, built around this uh, I'm Chris Hansen from Dateline NBC. Uh, and I'm doing, a special, I'm doing a special call to catch a predator. If, you, if, you, if yeah. you'd like to have a seat right here, um, I, I'd like to ask you what, what it was that, that you were looking to find here this evening. So, like, that was, that was when, when that shit was airing, that was, like, all people were fucking talking about. That was, like, big-time TV um, in a time where, like, big-time TV events that pulled people together it doesn't happen that much anymore. Um, so, you know, I found... Uh, that portion of the film, uh, you know, 
once Megan goes missing, of course, um, you know, once. So uh, just, and again, just we'll get into The Catcher Predator came before this. The Catcher Predator aired in 2004. Yes, uh, no, but that was before, before Megan. But my point, my surely, and maybe he Michael Goy, maybe Michael Goy watched all of that you know, and got his ideas. Internet, but, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that uh, you know, up until up until um, Amy uh, goes missing, and we learn like what is going on and what is happening to them, I found the you know, not the party scenes, like all of the sequences with Megan at her webcam and like Amy also joining her at the webcam and her communicate, like, Amy's own communications <laughs> with Josh. I found those to be like the important parts of the film and the, you know, the, the kind of maybe the message that Michael Goy was trying to put out there. Obviously, you know, he did what he did in the back end to kind of hammer home the point, of course, and we'll get there when the time comes. But I found the communication pieces between Josh and both Megan and Amy to be what this movie is actually about as far as things that are happening out there in the real world, uh, you know, with kids, both boys and girls every single day uh, that are out there communicating with people all around on, on the Internet. Mm-hmm. All right, so Monkey, what do you think about Megan's Missing? Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan at all. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, everything that the ghoul and the dean have said is 100% true, okay? The message is there, it's in a, and it's a simple message. Don't talk to strangers. We, you know, it's a message that as parents we have always, always put out there, you know. Just don't talk to strangers. But you're going to sit there and try and do this in a newer found footage way, trying to make it relatable to the, the kids that this is supposed to be aimed to by doing it through, you know, Blackberries and webcams and video cameras that they're doing at the time. You know, but at the same time, you're also going douchebag art house with it, okay? Because you're doing the webcams and the phones and shit like that. And then you're going around and doing shots of the person leaves the scene and the webcam is still there for another 30 seconds to a minute on a fucking empty room. There's no reason for a camera to be just sitting on an empty room and there's nothing going on in the fucking room. It's just, oh my god, it was so fucking annoying. Wait, you didn't realize <laughs> that? Does that not bring to some of the irresponsible <laughs> realism of a 13 or 14 year old kid to just leave their fucking shit open when they walk away? Exactly. Like, there was a reason for it. Like, I don't think it was an art house thing. The idea is, she would do during that. those time periods, the, the kid leaves it on. And remember, Josh knew what she was wearing because she was getting dressed. She pulled her clothes out right then and there. He was still watching on the webcam. He never hung up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There, there were reasons for all of that. I didn't think they were doing it for artsy douchey mm-hmm. period points. I think they were doing it to actually I'm... show you a point. But then there were, yeah, but then there were other scenes of the other girl leaving the room, too. And again, just showing the empty rooms, you know, and like even when she's doing her video diary and then she'd walk away from it. And again, 
just empty room. It's just burning up tape. The 14 year old You know, when we did, it didn't need to be. And it's it's just, fucking retards, for lack of a better word. Like, Sam, honestly, when I tell you, like, these, people, yeah. these kids, you know what they live on? Like, I don't know about you, but, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, fanat- like I, it drives me nuts, right, to not have my phone at, like, any kind of decent level of charge. And by decent level, like, yeah, if I'm dropping into, like, the 40, if I'm in the 40 percentile range, I'm like, shit, Ooh, i got to get my phone on the charger. These motherfuckers live on, like, the 1 to 5 percent range. They'll be like, <laughs> oh, yo, I'm going out. We'll be like, okay, just make sure you have your phone and you can text us. She'll be like, oh, well, it's 2 percent. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool, you've only been in the house for, like, the last four fucking hours. No chance for you to charge it at any of those points. <laughs> no, and I then the, the other thing, the other thing um, about the film was they were trying to convey how you know when children go missing, and the news media is there, and then you know, and they're all about it. it's the big big thing until they can't fucking figure it out, and then it disappears. But the you know, and then the news doesn't give a fucking fuck. But just the way they handled it and stuff like that very much struck me as like, you know, WNUH Halloween special. (laughs) The way they were doing all their filming and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yes, that's it. Thank you. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's just for all of this, it's like, again, shot, shot in a fucking week. You can tell, you know, and it's just, I don't know. I, I think they should have either... Like, if they're going to keep it as hardcore as it was, this should have been, like, a 45-minute short because I don't need an hour burn into, like, you know, a half hour of Grindhouse at the end. Or, like the ghoul was saying, edit it, it up so that you can show it to the, the age group that this is supposed to be aimed at as, you know, for a lesson. You know, either way, they went the wrong, wrong route, you know. Shorten it up if you're going to want to keep it hardcore. Long wow. Or edit it. Holy yes. Smoke. Long wow. Or edit it oh, up. Wow. So, you know, so, yes. No, I'm talking about so you can actually show it to kids. Yes, yeah, a PSA. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. But those are my thoughts. King, what did you think? Yeah, I actually saw this movie when it came out back in 2011. Um, it was a rental and I, there was a lot of uh, talk about it on a lot of the horror pages, about how it was like a found footage movie, but it was also like a PSA about why, you know, you need to be careful on the Internet. And I watched it, and I was like, it, it's good, you know, but it's really the third act where it gets shocking. You know, it's the third act of the photo one, photo two. Um, you know, if you can make it through that, you know, great. You know, but it's, it's, it's a slow build. And it's uh, definitely a, a danger when you think about teenage girls being on the Internet, and especially now with TikTok and Instagram and things like that, where it's like, yeah, this, like the, the, the demon said, like, it's a timely movie. Even though it was from 2011, even now, I think the danger is there for teenage girls to meet people on the Internet and think, oh, he's cool. He's like a 14-year-old kid. I can meet him. And it turns out to be a predator. So it's, oh. it, I thought – it worked that well in that way, like where it's like, yeah. It's worse now, <laughs> No, who you're talking to. Because, 
in a weird lies. sort of way, like these days, because of like TikTok and because, well, maybe not because of TikTok, but because of because of other things, it's almost like they would want it more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so, like in this case here, like she was obviously not wanting to be with person that Josh ends up being. She thought she was interacting right. with a teenager. Nowadays they want they want to interact with these older people. Like there is there's a, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's and, and I get it, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, like even when we were like teenagers or whatever, you know, there were always those chicks that, you know, quote unquote dated the college guy and like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But like it just seems like it's 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 in a weird state with this kind of shit these days. It is. So, all right, let's get into the narration of this movie. So the movie opens with best friends Megan and Amy, both 14 years old, playing around with Amy's new video camera that she got for her birthday. A text appears informing us that on January 14, 2007, Megan disappeared. Three weeks later, Amy also disappeared. The movie was assembled using cell phone transmissions, computer files, home videos, and public news reports as we cut to January 2, 2007. Megan and Amy are at a diner and chatting about things like makeup at school and how Amy should just have sex with a guy because you're 14. You're not getting any younger. You know how to bang. So we cut to January 4, 2007, where Megan is video chatting with a friend, Angie. Her friend got drugs, and Megan is super pissed about it. Megan's mom bursts into the room. And the two begin probably arguing. Upset, Megan ends a video chat with Angie and connects with Amy. Amy asks her to hang out at the mall, but Megan can't. She has to stay at home. Megan then reconnects with Angie, who is with her sleepy boyfriend, Gideon, and then she eventually agrees to go over to Angie's to do coke. And then we cut to January 5th. Amy chats with her dad about her birthday coming up, and she gets ready for school. Her mom also enters the room, and soon she and Amy's dad leave. Amy looks at her computer screen and says, Princess, Princess Pudgy. We cut to Megan video chatting a dorky-looking teen named Ben, who is full of confidence, Ma. There's a party going oh, on this ben. weekend hosted by Ben himself, and no guys allowed, only chicks. And Amy shouldn't come along either because she's a drag. Megan eventually says, I disagree, but everyone else thinks that she sucks. I need to bring my friend Amy. She needs to get out more. So either Amy comes or Megan isn't coming. So Ben eventually lets her bring Amy with her, She'll have to have sex with Ben in return for the favor, which sucks. And we'll see once we get to that party. So, if I can just interject real quick here, Dean uh, King, sorry. Um, So, like the way like you're explaining it, you know, you're kind of making it sound like 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 in a weird sort of way, like these are innocent sounding kids. They are far. Oh no, they're not. Only they're Larry Clark. No, like yeah, exactly. If you ever saw the movie Kids, they're fucking Heather. That's what level, no, they're not Heathers. Even Heathers had, like, no, a kids. level of teenage, like, innocence <laughs> about them, even the bitchy ones, you know? Whereas this is, like, they're they're talking like they're in fucking porn, you know? Like, when she's talking mm-hmm. about, like, oh, you yep. should have sex, it's more like, hey, you should just fuck and get it over with type of deal. When this kid is talking to her, he's talking to her about how he's, she's his fucking party girl and that, you know, she, mm-hmm. she only allows these fucking girls because, you know, well, you, this is what you got to do and you got to keep everybody happy. Like, it's it's really disgusting and disturbing. Um, it is, yep. And, you know, like, I agree. It, it, 
really like made me like kind of like try to take a quick hard look on our own teenage years. You know, Dean Dean was obviously a teenager with me, and then like we hung out. And we I was parties, and, and and you know we we had our our fun parties, but like I don't ever remember us being like this. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. so is it yeah. is it either a a time thing, an age thing, or is it just that it's just way over the top in its expression? Because like even my own kids, like I don't like you know Donovan and his crew and like all that, they they never seem to come off like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, very true. So we cut to Saturday, January sixth, two thousand seven. Megan and Amy arrive with friends to Ben's party. At the party, teens dance, smoke weed, drink some beers, and cut loose because being a teenager is so fucking tough. Amy, of course, stands in the corner in front of the wallflower. A friend of Megan is talked to by a fellow partygoer, and she's drinking St. Paul's Girl. I mean, imported beer at a fucking teen party? That's not real. I've been to many teen parties with beer. You get Miller Lite if you're lucky. Uh, so Ben well, and Megan, but you don't know, man. Maybe maybe they're fu- maybe they're fucking rich kids, man. You yeah, whatever you can get your hands on, man. Rich kids are nothing. You get whatever you can get your fucking hands on. <laughs> so, That's true, man. Ben and Megan, uh, <clears throat> I remember so Ben and Megan had to go off together. And Boone. So you know, and no, I remember those days. Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Oh, MD Twenty Twenty. So we had the Ben Boone's and Megan bar. later go off together as the party rages on. Boone Farm. Fucking Gideon sees Amy. <laughs> so Gideon sees Amy and attempts to sexually assault her, and when she rebukes him, he slaps her, calling her a fucking bitch. The other girls at the party make fun of Amy. Amy goes off in search of Megan to find her, giving a blowjob to Ben. Amy backs out of the room as the party continues, and we see two girls make out with a mouthful of cocaine. So two girls are like, hey, you want to see us make out? Let's see this. So they put cocaine in their mouths and they make out. And then Amy immediately pukes on both of them. And they're like, what the fuck, dude? She, I'm sorry. Like, I, just, I had too much beer. So we cut to a video chat where Megan apologizes to Amy about bringing her to the party. And Megan informs her about the art of getting a blowjob, like she gave one to a counselor at a summer camp at the age of 12. She recalls the story, and that's when Megan's mom interrupts, telling Megan to go to sleep. Megan tells I thought Amy she that said she was 10. Home. <clears throat> so she needs to get out of there. Amy tells her to get whatever she goes because wherever you go, I'll go. Maybe they can run away together to Texas. <clears throat> so we cut to Wednesday, January 10, 2007. It's Amy's 14th birthday, and we see footage from the beginning of the movie. Since her birthday gift was a video camera, Amy decides to do a story about them with Megan going first. She says that she had a loving mother and that her real dad is out there doing something, her stepfather, Paul, is in prison. He fucked her at the age of nine, and he kept fucking her for two years. Her mom didn't want to lose Paul, so she wouldn't listen to Megan and even blamed her when Paul went to jail. She knows guys like her will do whatever they want to get her as long as they give her a hug and say that I love you. And that's when Amy's like, well, I'll give you a hug, and Megan's like, thank you. So <laughs> Megan's obviously been through some shit at the young age of 14. So yeah, Megan, well, video chat, that so, whole yeah. fucking that whole camp thing where she's mm-hmm. explaining like that first time she gave a blowjob, you know, and it was some mm-hmm. and it was like some seventeen year old dude, you know, in, like he was a camp <laughs> yeah. counselor, 
And man, like that, even like that was just like so disturbing, you know what I mean? Like, think about yep. it. Like think about who you were as a 17-year-old. And then think about what kind of person it is that's going to take a 10-year-old at the age of 17 and decide that's going to give him a blowjob. Like, that's fucked up, man. Yeah. Really fucked up shit. It's no wonder these kids are as fucked up as they are in this movie. Yeah, and the descriptions and everything like that. It was just, it was cringe. Like, it's, it's uncomfortable. Um, <clears throat> so Megan video chats with Lexi, the girl that put Coke in her mouth to make out with her best friend. The girl wants to hang out. Megan's like, yeah, I'm kind of good. I don't want to do anything like that again. Lexi brings up a new guy that she met online named Josh, who was 17. He's known online as Skater Boy. As you see, a photo used by Josh, which shows a blonde-haired teenage boy. Megan asks if Josh has a cam, but he doesn't because his brother busted it. Lexi urges Megan to talk to him, and she's like, maybe I will. So then we cut to January 13th as Amy begins a video diary. She shows off her stuffed animal collection and photos of her and Megan together. She also shows off her house and introduces her mom, Louise, as well as her cat. Megan, uh, later, Megan chats online with Josh. She can't see him, but she could chat with him. Josh gets her to show herself on the camera. He says his dog chewed his cam, but Megan's like, wait a second. I thought your brother broke that camera. He's like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Did I say that? Oh, and she's like, oh, okay. well, no. He says he he says he did, but then the dog got to it too. Mm-hmm. I got it after. <clears throat> yep. So Flag City. Josh. So Josh asks if she's going to the party tonight, so he can see what she looks like. She tells him that she already knows thanks to Lexi. I already saw the picture. He's like, oh yeah, oh okay. Like, come on, party though. So after ending the chat, Megan decides to go to the party. She video chats with Amy on the way. She says she's going to check out the hot guys she met online and ends the chat. Amy does a video chat the next day. Megan's laying in bed. She's asleep, but says, oh, God, this guy, he never showed up. He ditched me. I was there for four hours. And you know what? I just, I'm so pissed at Josh. So then we later see Megan video chatting once again with Josh and she's like, you never fucking showed up, man. Like, I was there for you. And he's like, oh, no. Like, I, I was there. Like, yeah, I was, I was shy. And, you know, I saw you, though. You're wearing that skirt and that top. And she's like, oh, you're kind of shy. If I'm that cute. I'm like, stop it. Stop it, Megan. Get the fuck off the chat. Hey. You know, it's, oh, no, don't. Like, you know, it's. So many red flags coming at this point where you're like, please, Megan, you know, get smart. This news not real, but she's 14 years old. She's kind of infatuated with Josh, so she's going along with it. So Josh then asks if she would like to meet up with him she's after Megan get out of the movie. I mean, that's what it yeah. is. The kid comes from a broken home. She's mm-hmm. missing a father. You know, she's got no mm-hmm. male figures in her life other than these guys that, you know, she's getting the, the attention and adulation that she's desiring through the sexual acts that she's performing with them. And as such, that's what she relates now to positive things. So, you know, like, again, like, this, this whole movie, the, the, the whole character thing, uh, again, while being things that are obviously happening in real life, it are, are all stereotypes 
uh, of things that are happening here. You know, in a way, it is what makes me a little bit glad that the Amy character also ends up getting involved in the situation because it shows oh, that yeah. it's not just the Megan types that that it happened to. My only complaint about that, though, is is like you know, with Amy getting involved, it's because. Even though she's the clean-cut character, it's her trying to be the savior while trying to find her friend that ends up getting her into the situation that we're going to run into later. Um, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I wish that they could have went a different way with that rather than making it like, oh, the, the happy rich kid, you know, also ends up getting caught. But, you know, just because of the, this is the, the, the positive things that she was trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. So Josh tells Megan through the chat that he doesn't want to meet with Amy, so she tells him to meet her at 7.30. We cut to later that day, and Megan video chats with Amy, and she tells him that he's really sweet and that they're going to meet up after the movie. Later, Megan invites Amy over to her house so they can chat with Josh. He sends a picture of himself surfing, which both girls seem to like. He asks if they're doing something tonight, and Megan says no. Amy's going home. She has school in the morning. Josh and Megan agree to meet behind the diner later on. She's like, behind the diner? That's romantic. And she playfully That's acts so hot. but Josh tells her that he'll never hurt her. See you in 20 minutes, babe. So we see her getting ready for the date, getting her clothes together, and then leaving. We cut to Monday, January 15, 2007. Amy video chats with Kathy, who seems to be really annoyed that Amy called her. Amy wants to know where Megan is, but no one seems to know where she is. Amy then connects with Josh online and asks if she's heard from Megan. He says they were supposed to meet at the diner, but she never showed. They talk all the time for her to be missing, so that doesn't make sense. Like, she wouldn't just go missing. Like, she would tell me where she is. And then Josh tells her that if he hears from her, he'll let her know. So then we cut to Wednesday, January 17, 2007. We see a missing report on Megan. Is she a runaway or a victim of foul play? Megan is missing. My child is missing. So they have a special report <laughs> that details Megan as a role model for students, active in the community, mm. a straight-edge student. Complete lies. Complete lies, but at the same time, they want to make her look good. So her mom is on camera saying, I want her to come home, and if anybody has her, I hope they return her safely. So... We also find out that another boy from Crenshaw was taken from his home while the family was watching TV. So this, my child is missing, has a lot of fucking missing kids, which is sad. But the fact that they kind of made Megan have to seem like the perfect fucking kid, you know, straight A student, always on time, has friends, was in all these activities, like, you know that's not true. But they, they, they paint her to be that way. So well, Amy records I, I a video from diary. A, from a yeah. standpoint of wanting to be helpful, like I know this is coming mm-hmm. off to us, we're seeing it as all lies, right? But from a standpoint of wanting to actually ask the community for help, the last thing you want mm-hmm. is for people to sit there and be like, you know what, this is some trashy kid who probably deserves oh, yeah, it. You know what yeah. I mean? They were, they're doing mm-hmm. it for a, a, a reason, you know? A and, reason. Uh, yeah. And, and, yeah, it, it does suck that, that you know, again, the, the kid – has the lifestyle, the life that she has, and it takes something like this to happen. But it also kind of explains why sometimes kids run away for this kind of attention, you know? Mm-hmm. So Anna records a video diary where she doesn't think Megan ran away, and she's worried since it's been four days since she hasn't heard from her best friend. 
She knows Megan is alive. She can feel it. So we cut to January 19, 2007, and there's been a break in the case of Megan. Granny's security camera footage from the back of the diner shows Megan being confronted by a man that grabs her by the wrist and walks her away. But hey, fun fuck piece. A cocker spaniel drives its owner's car through a door window, a store window. That's nice that we have that thing. Why can't we get that footage of a dog driving a car through a window? We don't get that. Um, but we also get the chance to see the original security footage of Megan's abduction. The footage is enlarged by 200% and then to 500%. The man that walks away with Megan is clearly not a shaggy-haired, blonde-haired, 17-year-old boy. And that's when we cut to January 20th, 2007. Amy confronts Josh online. He tries to flirt with her, but she doesn't go for it. She asks him about the security footage. Josh denies it and tells Amy that Megan must have skipped out with this guy. Amy knows Megan wouldn't do that. He then calls Amy stupid and then change the conversation, won't change facts because she's fat with no friends and isn't attractive. So she's like, shut up. He's like, no, I won't, though. You know, you're fat, you're ugly, you have no friends. Nobody's going to believe you. So Amy doesn't care about his words. She just wants to know what happened to Megan, but Josh isn't talking as we cut to Monday, January 29, 2007. Amy appears in a video on My Child is Missing, and she tells reporters that Megan was chatting along with a guy named Josh, which causes the police scrambling for new clues. We then move to Wednesday, January 31, 2007, Amy is doing another online diary where she's confronted by Megan's friend. And Lexi comes out and she's like, this is your fault, man. This is your fucking fault. She wouldn't be missing if it wasn't for you. I loved her, man. I loved I fucking, her. I'm like, she loved me. You're a fucking bitch, dude. You're the one that introduced her to Josh, you fucking god. I, I, I was so mad when this scene came up. I'm like, you introduced her to Josh. This is your fault, not Amy's fault, but of course, I loved her. God, get out of here. Get the fuck out of here, Amy. <laughs> oh, I fucking hated it. I was like, God, these girls are so fucking nasty. Uh, you know, filmed in a week. You, know. you can tell. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's I was so nasty. This annoyed me more than anything else just because the fucking acting was just, it was terrible. Like, so this kid, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just a crappy actress, and, and like you know, well, whatever. They they had these kids and this and that, but like everything was just so like just overdone. The dialogue was so like just just at no point does it ever feel real. So and and you know, I don't know. If hey, you want let's to say, not. Like, hey, maybe that that's the idea of it. Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't sound realistic no, to me. Let's not forget though. We're not you know. We're talking about a movie that was made in a week for between thirty and thirty-five thousand uh, dollars. You know, mm-hmm. exactly. When making when making this film, there's no way, there's no way at all that Michael Goy that knows that Anchor Bay is going to sniff around and give this thing a theatrical release. Right. We're not dealing mm-hmm. with a situation where you're going to be finding the most talented thespians to 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 make your vision come to life to the best of its. Uh, you know, to, you know, with Academy Award winning actors and actresses, or even just seasoned. Uh, you know, competent actors and actresses. I mean, I was watching this last night in my headphones and, uh, you know, and pretty baked as well. And I have to say, there was even times where, like, the actresses playing the newscasters, when it would break to the news desk, pronouncing words, like the kind of mispronunciation yeah. where you would, like, yes. just go back and do another take. 
but it's like time is money and we're not going to go back and do another take. All right. So you mispronounced this one word. It's barely noticeable. We're going to keep it. Like I was noticing that kind of stuff kind of throughout. So remember, we're talking about 30 grand, like between 30 and 35 grand. If we we oh, all know like... the lure. And of course, of course, the script, the script puts it to another stratosphere but remembering that, like, the original Kirks was made for, like, twenty-seven five or something like that for a little bit of money. And, you know, mm-hmm. the script that put it over the top. But if you go back and look at some of the acting and performances, we're talking – we're also talking kind of amateur hour here. So, you know, particular filmmaking is missing. I think that's something that we, we need to kind of look past and not say that this is a detriment because the guy is working with, with, with the means that he has at the time, which is very, 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 very little bit of financial resources to, to, to hire anybody with any talent, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you're saying, so you're saying forgive that it's a shitty movie because he didn't have time to make a decent one? It's like, I'm sorry, that argument doesn't make any sense at all, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like you, you, you had time to at least write a script, okay? That, that costs you, like, you can do that at home, all right? And then you present that script <laughs> to everyone and <laughs> give it to the people. And it's just, and then, then well, like, yeah, and then when it comes to the acting, it's like, okay, now let's actually get some acting in. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't here's, understand your argument of. For, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Ghoul. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to interject on it, not to take the scene's side in this situation, especially considering I was the one complaining about her acting to begin with. But you know, being that you know, and even the king, we we've worked on these independent movies before. Yeah, we have. Sometimes there there is you know a script present. There's some scenes, some things where they kind of want to just let you kind of like freeball it, so to say, uh, to try to get more of a, a natural reaction. So maybe this girl might have, mm. she might have had like a, a basic idea, an outline of what it is that she was going to do or say, but they may have been wanting her to kind of spitball a little bit to give it more of a natural feel. I just don't think it worked. You know, I think it, it came off uh, a, a little a little less than, than what they would have wanted it to. Um, but again, you know, like, like yeah. you said, you're dealing with a very limited budget. I don't think you're saying to make it as an excuse or saying, hey, this is why the movie's bad and that's okay. I think you're saying, like, hey, mm-hmm. listen, you only had so much money. There's only so many people you can hire like this, this is the movie we're gonna make, and it wouldn't be until five years later that you know an actual studio came in, and you know, look, they could have done something else entirely. They could have said, "Hey, we're gonna buy this idea off of you and make our own movie, or we're gonna take your movie and just put it out." And that's you know what they did. They distributed it. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I'll give him some credit, considering that you know what he did have limited money. Limited means and limited access to, to quality actors and actresses. Limited <laughs> access to so, so Amy <clears throat> records a, uh, a video diary of herself underneath a bridge, and she reveals that her favorite teddy bear, Billy Bear, is and underneath this bridge. And that's where she used to go with Megan to talk about their secrets. Under the bridge and that's where downtown. She keeps so she keeps <laughs> Billy Bear there so she can go see him whenever she wants. We cut to February 1st, 2007. Amy is on the line and connects with Josh, 
he tells her that she has a big mouth, but she has nothing to worry about. But he has nothing to worry about. They'll never find him. He's got multiple fucking screen names. She's never going to find out who he is. She threatens, he threatens her, and if she keeps talking to the police, he'll have to pay her and her mom a visit. Amy ends the chat, and we cut to February 2nd, 2007, and the show My Child is Missing reenacts Megan's abduction. <clears throat> because, of course, it's, it's hot fucking story, so you want to do that. So then a text appears stating that on March 1st, 2007, two photos of a girl later identified as Megan were posted on a fetish site's message board. <clears throat> the owner of the website contacted the FBI due to the disturbing nature of the photos. These photos are never released to the public. And that's when we get to see photo one and photo two. Oh, photo one is of Megan's head with her mouth pried open with a tool, <clears throat> as well as her nose being held open by another tool. She seems to be trapped in a wooden box from the neck down. Photo two shows the whole picture. Megan's hands are chained through the holes in the wood. She's naked except for a pair of underwear, as we cut to February 4th, 2007. Um, Amy records another video diary under the bridge. She thinks Megan might be dead. As she goes to Richard Billy Bear, an arm appears in the frame as the video is paused. We see a news report on My Child is Missing, and we find out that Amy is now also missing. And that's when we cut to February 6, 2007. A TV report talks about a large pink ribbon campaign being held. The bitchy friends of Megan hope that whoever took Megan will return her with no mention of Amy whatsoever. They don't care about her. They just want Megan to come back, which I was like, fuck you guys. Like, I fucking hate them. <laughs> All of Megan's friends, you know, I hate you. So, text appears regarding a short piece of news footage not previously broadcast. <clears throat> A detective discovers Amy's camera in a trash can as we cut the text. On March 12, 2007, Amy's video camera was found in a trash container near the Angeles National Forest. Footage of a man named Josh is found on a video camera. We see the man appear behind Amy in the distance as she sits under the bridge. We are then presented with the final 22 minutes of footage from Amy's camera, unedited and unaltered. We can hear Amy's screams as we're shown a large room with metal cell doors and big blue plastic barrels. Fingers are shown through the cell's small bars. This is Amy's cell. She's in her underwear and bra chained to a wall. She she demands that she see Megan and demands to be let go. She'll be let go if she behaves herself. Amy begs to be let go, but Josh walks away from her. He returns to her cell and splashes a bucket of water on her, saying, My name isn't even Josh as he once again shuts the fucking door. So the man known as Josh... (laughs) Well, that reference. So the man that calls himself Josh returns to her cell and offers her a bowl of dog food to eat. Josh also shows Amy that he has Billy Bear for her. He'll give her the bear she eats dog food without using her hands. She eventually does, and the man gives her Billy Bear. Later, she's dragged out of her cell and forcibly raped on the same wooden structure that Megan has been chained to. And that's, like, one of the most uncomfortable fucking sequences in this movie. Like, we've already seen what Megan went through, but to have this fucking camera settle on her face as she's being raped, like, all right, all right, I'm done, I'm done, I'm good. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to yeah, see anymore, you know, but, you know. This is like last, this is like last house. Like, yeah, again, you know, I, I'm into, like, porn. Yeah. I, 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 like, I like sex play. We like, you know, the whole... You know the 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 the, the, the non consensual consent thing. You know, like we're we're into all of that kind so of shit. 
know, like the, the no yeah. means yes and all of that. But, uh, but yeah, this, this yeah. is, you know what did it for me, man? It's the bloody hand. You know, that blood was like, the bloody yeah, hand, like, man. Yep. Like, the bloody finger. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that was like taking it that one step too fucking far, bro. And it was like, man, this fucking was just, yeah. Like, it already took something that was way too dark that it was just like, fuck, you really, really have to go that one extra fucking step. And look, you know what? For, for all intents <laughs> yeah. and purposes, I'll give them credit for doing it. They, like I said, they found ways in this movie to kind of disturb me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it and works. Yeah. I do I do want to step in there and comment also in that sequence. Yes, it was, you know, the bloody hand and fingers slapping down on the table uh, at the conclusion yeah. of the sequence. But also, like, mm-hmm. I didn't check the timestamps. I, I, I will say straight up, I didn't check the timestamps. But, like, yeah. that sequence went on for, like, quite some time, Forever. you know? like Several minutes. It was yeah. a... You know, not necessarily to the duration of the rape sequence in Irreversible, but... Uh, it went on no, for quite no, some time, and 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 mm-hmm. that use of time will come into play more so as we get a little bit deeper in, into the film, as we are uh, you know getting close to the end of it, of course. But um, yeah, uh, you know that usage of time and how long that went on for, um, and then followed by the slap of the bloody hand onto the table, you know, yeah, for sure, like an, an effective sequence. Because mm-hmm. you think you can handle a lot of shit, like we've seen a lot of shit, but. That that still gets to me when his hand slaps on the table and it's full of blood. Like, uh, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> is the end coming? It is. Um, so Amy is seen once again in her cell. The man tells her that he will let Amy go. All she has to do is get into this big blue barrel because he doesn't want her to see where he lives. He takes off the lid, and we see Megan's rotting corpse inside. Amy screams and in. runs. With... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump in right there real quick and i have to say uh with all all of my time up. and years of watching horror i should have i should there's no logical reason why i didn't see this coming a mile away but i totally didn't right. see it coming and i was truly fucking yeah. startled when he opened the fucking oh, yeah. barrel it's truly it's oh, truly no, fucking and startled me. I, <laughs> yeah. It kept being in the background, so I knew there had to have been a reason for it there. If we weren't seeing Megan anymore in the film, she had to still be there somewhere in that, in that vicinity. So that was the only thing, that was, that's the only thing that made logical sense was that barrel. If it was, maybe if it wasn't blue, if it was more like, and I know it's just a normal barrel. Like a black I barrel, barrel or something? Can, yeah. I, I think like those barrels oh, yeah. construction sites all the time, you know? Um, so so yeah, it definitely definitely didn't didn't shock me when that fucking thing popped up. Yeah, and it didn't even really look like Megan. I was kind of disappointed. I was like, I would rather have the actress like laying in that fucking barrel, looking like her. But it was just like white eyes, and I'm like, well, that could be anybody. So I was kind of disappointed by that. But at the same time, you know, Amy gets that shock. She runs off. The man eventually catches up to her and forces her into the barrel against her will. She spends her life. The barrel is taken out into the forest as Amy begs for her life. The man begins digging a hole in the ground. We still hear her banging on the barrel. Please help me. Please let me out. Please help me. He eventually pushes the barrel into the hole that he dug and begins filling it up before walking away, leaving his flashlight behind. And as we close out the movie, we see missing posters for both Megan and Amy. It, 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 it yeah. Her when I begging talk- for her life like during this entire sequence, like just like the rape scene, 
Like, this sequence just, it feels, like, you feel, like, every yeah. fucking second of it, you know? And, like, and, and, and I know because of the beginning of the movie that neither of these characters, that there's, there's no hope for Megan or, or Amy here because, you know, what we saw at the beginning, that they are fucking still missing. So, you know, I, I didn't think anybody was going to come and fucking rescue the kid. But, man, did no, I no. fucking yep. hope that no. that was going to happen. No, you know, like, I, I didn't I, I was so fucking tired of this poor kid being in this situation. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. And similar to what I said about, like, just, like, this, the, the, the one camera shot on, on Amy uh, during the rape sequence, uh, here during the burial, also, when I talk about usage of time, and we're talking about a film that is, like, just over an hour and 20 minutes long. I think it clocks in at 84 minutes, yeah. maybe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that sequence and then this whole digging and burial sequence of just this one camera shot on, like, the feet and the shovel and the whole, yeah. but the, mm-hmm. the audible of, of, of the begging, the begging for life just went on, on, oh, on, so and on. like just, just hammering home the grimness. Like there was no yep. time, yeah. you know, in a lifetime of watching movies with happy endings was I thinking that somehow there's going to be a way out of this. And yes, at the beginning, we know these kids are missing, but like, but from the, I found that from the, like, there was just, like, a juxtaposition between, uh, you know, the luring in, the conversations, the manipulation through the Internet, uh, you know, which mm-hmm. kind of happened at kind of a rapid pace to then these long shots of the fucking torturous results of their choices and behavior uh, in, in their online communications uh, just hit ho- home so very hard, you know? Like, that burial scene, yeah. was just, it just went on and on and on and on. Last, like I watched it the last three steps, and truly, yeah. like I really, I really like more so the burial than than the rape, I guess. But like, really, mm-hmm. as this whole like the, the the shuffle and the digging, like I was like, this is just this is just going on forever right now. And I yeah. can love you. We can, you know, we can love each other. Nobody yeah. ever yep. can love me yep. like you love me. Like she was doing yeah. every kind, like everything that you've ever read about it, like any kind of like victim. Like identifying with their with their captor, like all of that was like going on, and again, it was just it was it was heartbreaking. It really, yeah, it it was something. And then screaming stops. Like that's what got me. Like you hear her screaming the entire time once he's done, and you can't hear her anymore. She's dead. And it's yeah, it's heartbreaking. Oh, because she was so dead at that point. I just think it's that she's under so deep that we can no longer hear her. So she's under she's there dead. still screaming, <laughs> yeah. you know, but she, yeah. she's going yeah. to die, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This this Amy character being so innocent and so sweet with all her stuffed animals at 14, like, to know that's how she's going to die, being buried in a barrel with her friend. Like, it's just, it, it's heartbreaking. It's so devastating. Um, and, yeah, to end it with their missing posters, I was like, yeah, it's a great point to end with, but... Uh, again, yeah, it, it, it's a hard movie. You know, it's it's so based in reality. Runaway train you know, playing in the background, you know, to like really drive Runaway it train never going back. Soul Asylum, Brave Dancers Union. Such a good union. fucking song. Absolutely. I love that fucking song. I that love would that have been great. But they, yeah, that whole album is really good. I love Soul Asylum. I never felt like they got enough credit back in the 90s. Like, that was a good fucking band, but... 
Uh, nonetheless, all right, so that is Megan is Missing since 2011, directed by Michael Goy. Uh, next week, it is my pick. I'm going to go a little bit lighthearted, guys, because we, we had a heavy one this week. So to end Pride uh, Month, which ends remake. next week. <laughs> well, no, not going to do that because that movie sucks. That's not even good. Um, so movie, to this it movie, does have a, a head uh, exploding you know, in a microwave, though. So That's so stupid, though. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing the movie theater and I fucking laughed. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Krug's head fucking explodes in a microwave? That's not how microwaves work. But, but anyway, so Sometimes. Um, June is Pride Month, and we are ending Pride Month with my film pick of the week. So next week, we're going to go back to 1985, a little movie called The Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, directed by Jack oh. Shoulder, which is considered the gayest of the Nightmare <laughs> movies. So why not end Pride Month on a high note with the gay nightmare movie? Uh, I look forward to talking about this one. <laughs> so we're going to talk all about Jesse and all about Freddy and all about, you know, Probe and all that stuff. So I want to end out Pride Month on a good mo- uh, good movie. So let's talk about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. From you say it's a good movie. Are you, to say, are you trying to say all the other picks this month were bad? You didn't like Watership No, I'm just talking about gay. I want to end Pride Month on a fucking high note. Let's go out with the, you know, the gay, you know, nightmare movies. So, you know, all the daddies and all, you know, everybody join us as we talk about Freddy's Revenge next week from 1985. So, I just want to have a fun one, guys. And this one was a heavy one. So, let's go out and have some fun. Talk about how gay a Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 can get. So, that'll be my film pick for next week. Uh, again, Dean, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for your film pick of the week, and we'll see you back here next week for oh, another one sheet part my, two. My, my, my pleasure is always. And I can't wait to talk about mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two. All right, Meryl Streep. Oh, monkey. Oh, no, that oh, was I think Meg Myers. <laughs> wake up, monkey. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I'm going to wait. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. Mwah. All right, Ghoul. Why don't you go ahead and send yourself off? Uh, stay off the Internet and uh, stay scared. Oh, no, you know what? Don't stay off the Internet because you need to get on the Internet no. to listen to us. So definitely don't stay off the Internet. Support the Internet. Support us. Just don't support Fucking kid rapers on the internet. You know, fuck Josh and all all those other assholes. (laughs) Avoid guys with Josh internet. Get that video chat up in front and center. Don't accept the camera got fucked up. (laughs) Fuck him. Get that camera up chat. Get the photo of him. Get the video chat. Megan, you won't go missing if you do that. But anyway... As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Watch horror movies. Keep America strong. And we'll see you back here next week for Freddy's Revenge from 1985. Let's do it.